Good evening, everyone, and welcome to ADB Moto Live number 27. We've got a very special show tonight. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. The thirst for adventure doesn't stop even with COVID making life difficult for many overland travelers. The effects this has uh, exist on many levels uh, and range far and wide. But living life on the road is still a dream for many. The question is, how do you support that lifestyle? We'll dive into this topic and more on tonight's ADV Moto Almost Live. All right. To kick off, we would like to note that this episode is not live, but pre-recorded due to some unfortunate circumstances. Live or not, the show must go on, and we caught up with our guest, who has spent the last four years riding around the world and on the road. In that time, she's not only managed to rack up some amazing experiences and stories, but also built a profitable social media presence. Everyone, please welcome tonight's guest, Kinga Tanayevska. <laughs> hello, 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 everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All of our guests are super cool and get applaud tracks. Awesome <laughs> stuff. Well, all right, Kinga, thanks for coming on tonight's show. Could you please kind of start us off with who you are and where you're at right now? My name is Kinga Tanaevska. <laughs> I've been traveling around the world for four years now on BMW F800GS. I'm currently in Germany having a little break from my travels. I came here for the summer and just to actually fix up my health. And, you know, every now and then we, we need that break to, to sort ourselves out. And I'm currently I'm traveling through Africa and I've been in Africa for over two years now. In a month or so, I'm going back on the road. <laughs> so you caught me in Germany. That's why there's so much time difference between us. I... Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I think in Africa, there would still be a, a, a good uh, amount of time oh, That is true. That is true. It's yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. I think the only times we don't have a time difference problem is when it's North America or South America. Yes. Yeah, I South America tends to be in, fairly in close. Australia, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be. Anyway, yeah. it's a, you know. Adventure riding is a global pursuit, and and that's that and that's for yeah. sure. So, can you tell us how did your adventure start? You know, like uh, what was life like for you before you decided to hit the road? How did you realize, or was there a moment when you felt, you know, I just I just need to get out there and just see this planet? I think it's everyone. I mean, a lot of people dream, right, to travel around the world. But my little story is, well, I was born in Poland. I immigrated to Australia in 2005. I lived there for 12 years. I'm civil engineer, so I worked in industry. I worked in mining and I'm specializing in concrete. I'm absolutely, I'm concrete freak. I'm, I'm very passionate about concrete. But anyway, this was my career, you know, nice apartment in Sydney, husband, good job, and just, you know, living that sort of life for, for, for many years. But I think, uh, well, the, it was the twist in my life when I had a head-on collision with a car. I broke my hand and leg. I had post-traumatic stress. And at the same time, I separated with my husband and I had extremely stressful jobs. So everything sort of what you really, really means like this is your life, yeah, your relationship, your, your, your health, your passion, and then the stress and the job and everything. It's just, I really snapped in pieces and, and got quite depressed. And after therapy and a little bit of waiting, I got my money from the pet on collision with a car because I wasn't at fault. So um, I was covered by insurance. And when I got this money, I thought this was moment now or never. Job can wait. I have no husband. And that's it. I have to go now because if I stay here longer, <laughs> I will not make that call. So this is it. I'm, I'm going. So I pretty much packed up and took off. And, you know, I thought, okay, I've got enough money to travel for two years, that's for sure. And I thought, 
within two years, I'll be able to circumnavigate the world. But it just stretched out a bit. And now I'm able to sustain myself on the road. And um, I just keep traveling. And I will wow. do that for as long as it makes me happy and I can afford it, to be honest. This is my, my milestone. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And it's a, well, it's, it's a serious milestone, too. You know, mm -hmm. it's funny that you bring up the topic of you know, PTSD. Oh. I think that that topic generally when we talk about it, at least you hear it on news or media, people generally return, uh, you know, refer to it in terms of like military service, you know, combat action based yeah. PTSD. I mean, results. trauma is trauma. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. um, you know, uh, since then I've, uh, I've actually worked with, with some of these guys and you also tend to realize that there's all kinds of it. It's not just, you know, uh, service-based, either military yeah. or, or civil service-based, but people can have all kinds of things, whether it's an accident or anything in the childhood. I mean, it just, it's an amazing uh, phenomenon that I think more people need to be aware of. But on the other side of that, it can cause great positive changes in someone's mm -hmm. life. Yeah, sometimes you know? we really need to, you know, reach the bottom, the, the, rock bottom to, to, to sort of like you can go lower than this so everything from now on can be only get better you know That's right, uh, right. but yeah it took me a long time to, to, to go through this and i think really i think riding a motorcycle is such good therapy right uh, it's your stress relief of course i couldn't even ride a bike because i, I wasn't in the right i had to learn how to ride a motorcycle again you know i couldn't i couldn't turn i was so stressed because when i when the car hit me head on i was leaning i was in a corner i couldn't do corners i literally couldn't even turn on a traffic light i was so tense so uh it was a long way for me to get back on a bike and i really suggest to everyone everyone who's going through this problem that especially head on collision with a car because you see you're going to die and your brain is registering that I don't want to do it anymore. Um, that's it. And the, the easiest way is just walk off, walk away from riding. And when my ex rolled me on a wheelchair to the, you know, to the psychologist, I said, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to do this because I cannot even see myself on a bike again, but you have to do this. I need to be back on a bike. And she said, you're already halfway there because you want to. Normally, people start, don't they don't want to do it anymore because your brain just doesn't want to know about it. Uh, that's trauma. That's that is trauma, and it was long, long way and therapy to get me back on a bike. But I had the will. I wanted to do this, and I'm so glad I did because because of that, I lived a life that I always dreamed about. You know, right on. Did, did you have any 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 people around you telling you, you know, oh no, there's no way you should get back on a bike. Look at what happened. Yeah, my blah, parents blah, blah. mostly. Or were people generally very supportive? Be like, you know, like a lot of motorcyclists, especially in the ADV yeah, world, no, were a little bit nuts. Yeah. But the people around us kind of, kind of accept that, and they know that it's. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I lived in Australia because Australians are so positive. So no matter what, they're gonna support you, and they're like, yes, go for it, girl. So the the whole my whole environment in Australia was very supportive. Oh, but great. yeah, Polish parents didn't help much. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, their parents, yeah, they worry. They don't want me to ride because they worry yeah. or they're worrying about me all the time. Yeah, of course, of course. So over the past four years, you know, uh, what are some of the countries that you've been to? What are some of the favorite places that you've seen so far? So I shipped my bike from Australia to Korea and then caught a ferry to Vladivostok to Russia and rode through Central Asia, you know, all the stands, Iran, and then Europe. And for the last two years, over two years, I'm in Africa because of COVID, of course. And, you know, most of the borders are closed. Even I can't go all the way around Africa anymore because the West Coast is closed. So I'm hanging around sort of south now because I've done the East Coast and now I'm 
waiting for the states to open and next year hopefully <laughs> i'll ship it out to north america well that'd be awesome and of course you're more than welcome Thank uh, you. i mean you know we're based on the east coast you are more than welcome to upper pencil to say hi for sure <laughs> yeah absolutely you know uh, uh, hang out here maybe we could even have a little gathering yeah for uh, sure. you, you know awesome. get some people Thank together you. or something mm -hmm. like that have a little fun Worth presentation it. or something but yeah well that's that's awesome so that'll be cool so how has covid you know impacted your travel plans in general. I know that, you know, the, the borders and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the in the past, it's been difficult. How do things look right now in the present? And you think going forward, I mean, just just guessing, I know no one knows a firm number, but just guessing, when when do you think things will open up? Things are opening at the moment, especially, I mean, I can only say for African continent, although the West Coast is closed, so that will be, I think it's, it's just, it's just, comfortable for them not to open the borders it's not like it's pandemic it's just comfortable for some countries not to reopen the borders because they, i'm not going to say why but you know it's just it's okay for them uh, they not rely on tourism west coast and they're just gone for a while so that's why i i'm going to ship out of africa i can't wait forever for west coast to open but in terms of east coast and south um i mean it was very strict you know 2020 i had to i, I was actually flying for the surgery in march and I couldn't come back to Africa for nine months. So I was in Europe and I was going crazy, absolutely nuts. Then I had to go to, to Portugal to apply visa for Mozambique because that's a sort of post-colony of, of, of Portugal. And then I had to arrange a business visa. My friend helped me to, you know, to, to get to Mozambique. And that was really difficult. And that was November. By, not, by this time, it's okay to get on tourist visa. So things loosen up. Some countries are closed, like Malawi, Zimbabwe, but majority of the of the countries that rely on tourism in Africa, they are open. And all you have to do is just to do COVID test before you enter the, the, the border, right? But I'm telling you, when I came back in, in November, right, and I've done Mozambique before, I've been to Malawi, and I felt so lonely. There was, you know, it was completely different traveling. Before, Africa was like my most social continent. There were people everywhere. There were travelers there were there were adv riders um it was just such social journey you know if you want to be by yourself you're by yourself if not you go you go to the you stay in a hostel and you talk to other travelers or you meet up with people who are you know crossing your paths it was fantastic and now you know i'm doing like two, two countries that i've done it i know how they are in, in normal in normal you know in, during normal times it made me so sad and depressed i was in malawi i was the only tourist for two months because the country was locked, like I literally got snapped in, sneaked in, you know, they let me in. And every lodge I was going to, no one, just me. And then it's like, okay, you, 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 I mean, I, I like my own company, don't get me wrong. But I was like going mental, like no one even to have a beer with, like sometimes lodge owners, but they paranoid as well. They were like, you know, in the hostels, staying away. And I was I, literally, I was like getting depressed. <laughs> like, this is not, the, this is... I mean, just because you're solo doesn't mean you want to be by yourself all the time, you know? Yeah. And then when I crossed to Zambia, uh, which was open, and Zambia is a transit country because everyone's sort of from Namibia going to, 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 to Tanzania, Kenya, that's where all the transit goes, yeah, in Africa. So now finally, ri local riders, finally travelers, and now I'm like, oh, yes, life is good again. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, well, hopefully within the next two to three, hopefully by 2022, 2023. I mean, I hope things sort of go back to normal. 
Yeah, I think you know. so too. I think so. I mean, especially you know, with all the vaccinations, I can tell by you by Europe now, all right, comparing this summer to, to the summer um, two thousand twenty, it's different. The, there's not as many cases, and yeah, they they talk about four, fourth wave and stuff like that. And I'm sure there will be some, you know, the cases will increase because immunity will go down uh, during autumn. But uh, I think we are on our way out. I really think so. It, to me, it looks like that. I mean, it will take maybe another. The year really free, maybe, but um, but we're getting better, definitely. It's not like 2020 at all. Would you happen to know what the vaccination rate is for most of Europe? I'm sure it varies from country to country because of supply and stuff. But I mean, is there more than half uh, yeah, of it, the yeah, adults? Yeah, Poland and German. Yeah, mm, Poland is quite stubborn, like a lot of Polish don't get vaccination. Uh, it's around 50, but I was speaking to someone here in Germany today and they said it's around 60. Uh, so it's not a lot either because it's a big population. I mean, they have 70 million people. So yes, it's not you know where they they ex- you know this the whole medical care is expecting it to be, but it's better than nothing, right? I don't think if it wasn't for the vaccinations, um, I mean, there will be a lot of, way more cases at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So it's pretty amazing, right? Al- along the way, at some point in time, you decided to make video and other social media you know as a means of supporting your ride was that an easy decision to make you know did you have a media background before that um you know i mean how did that how did that whole thing start actually i started my youtube in 2014 or maybe even 13 i can't remember when i posted my first video but that was from my trip around australia you know and i thought i'm such a legend i went around australia like yay uh, and I did just two little videos, and that's how I started my YouTube sort of well, not, I wouldn't say career. It's just like my uh, presence, right? Presence on YouTube. And back then, you know, there were, it's not like there were a lot of other vloggers. But I really started doing it regularly uh, when I hit the road and I went around the world. And at the start, I was doing two videos a month because it was just too hard. And now I'm doing four videos a, a month, which is like once a week, which is still that amount of work and i do have editor i do have half edits but still it's like one producing one video for me minimum two days of work and then when you upload it another day of work so it's like three days committed work just you know for for, for one video so there's no way for me i I can do more than once a week because otherwise i'll be chained to my computer and i wouldn't travel because i wouldn't just have time to gather the content so for me this is my this is how i work but um i never thought really i never if you ask me four years ago oh it's already four and a half years ago when i left australia if you tell me like i'll be making money and this is going to be my main income and this is this because just because of the videos you crazy it was just not Back then, no one thought about it. So the, the community already knew me, right? They knew me. Like the community already knows me from, you know, back in the days, right? Because I'm on YouTube uh, for quite some time. But getting on YouTube now, I reckon it's so hard. I mean, the competition is massive. It's like, it feels like everyone is doing it. Um, so I, I think if I tried to do it now, I don't think I could I, I would survive, to be honest. Oh, you mean like if you tried to start, start, start up a channel now? now. Yeah, I, I think I would just give up because, uh, like I said, like I've got audience who, who follows me for a long time, but to build that audience, it's it's years. Like for me, it's like I'm since 2014, and I still my, my channel is still tiny comparing to other traveling channels. You know what I mean? We we, we sort of adventurizers. We sort of like the niche, right? I mean, it's enough for me. 
I mean, I'm getting paid every month by YouTube. So definitely it's enough for me to keep traveling. So that's great. And like, I don't have push for popularity. I think my YouTube is exactly where I want it to be. It's manageable. I can reply to the comments. I can, I can, but it's not just YouTube itself. It's I'm comparing to, you know, Instagram and Facebook and everything else, right? So it's like everything combined, the whole social media, it's, it's exactly where I want to be. Not too stressful. I mean, it is stressful as it is, but I, I could, if, if I was thinking you have a million views, I'm like, I think that would be like, I, I would be so stressed. <laughs> it's like, this is serious now. Now I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's casual. It's nice. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like that middle stage where it's just like you're yeah, comfortable because you're not good. trying to get off the ground exactly and it, like yeah. I, I don't need more i'm so happy because the, i mean the more popular you get the more pressure you get you know mm. and popularity is awful i think it's awful to be someone who is like famous i would never like to be famous no way you're probably like I, really in my privacy it's everything to me you know and, and just because few people know you in our small community, it's fantastic because you, you, you have connections. Like I get to talk to you. I get to talk to a lot of people who are following. I think they're such legends. So it's really good for relations. Like, you know, I, you, I get to meet fantastic know people, people. Yeah. <laughs> and get to know people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and if my account was tiny, no one would talk to me. So it's like really nice <laughs> that uh, they have the time and they meet me on a row like Lyndon Proskett or Tim Burke, you know. I meet so many fantastic people that, you know, and the girls, like so many, uh, you know, like Leah Rake or Senior, like so many, so many people I've met just because of the so I'm active on social media. So that is absolutely priceless. Yeah, it's exactly the level, the manageable level, uh, not too much. It's still, you know, you still have your privacy. It's great. Yeah. What, what is that saying? Uh, give me the fortune, keep the fame. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Anyway, so... Nevertheless, even though you've been doing it for several years and there's still a lot of people coming up, you know, you still have to keep the content somehow, uh, you know, I would say fresh, innovative, but it has to be stuff that people want to watch, you know, like the YouTube community, uh, you know, the watchers are different than a traditional broadcast stuff that we may have grown up with, you know, with our major channels and, you know, all this other kinds of stuff, right? Remember, at least like when I was growing up, you know, there was, there was no video on demand. So, you know, if you wanted to watch a show at eight o'clock, you had to be sitting your butt in front of a TV mm. screen at eight o'clock. And usually the whole family or, you know, all your friends, you, you would all kind of gather around and you would watch the, watch the program. But now because there's so much content being you know, created and pumped out, and a lot of them are basically by individuals or very small teams, one or two people, sometimes at most. How do you keep the content? I don't want to overuse the word fresh, but, but kind of like attractive to your target audience viewers i mean what kind of things do you think they like to see i don't know uh, to be honest I, I don't know i'm just like you know i just record random stuff on the uh -huh. road and then i just work with what i've got i'm really i'm really not planning things ahead but you know what i've noticed okay if you're asking me what i've noticed on my channel mm -hmm. so i think my audience are really committed writers so if in episode there's not enough writing or like just pure writing shots People are not watching it so much as they would if there is writing included. So, for example, my last episode uh, from last week, I think it's freaking epic. It's from acrobatic aeroplane out in Namibia. It's like yeah, I saw that. That was beautiful. Epic. I mean, right? And people don't watch it so much as as, as the, the the previous episode. And I think this episode is so, so much better. Before it was just like one big party with <laughs> with a bunch of Namibians, you know. But there was like some writing there, and like you know, it's. 
I've noticed that, and or sometimes if I make around, uh, about people, I'm, I'm, I'm you know uh, going to craft center or um, doing interview about someone that is uh, like not related. Those videos are not watched as much as I uh, just pure motorcycling video videos. Motor it, topics, it, yeah. traveling places, showing people what this place was like, what this road was like, and the food you had. And this, this is the thing, not necessarily explaining stuff about, you know, definitely I'm not National Geographic. I'm, not, I'm, I'm Just recently I started to talk to the camera a little bit more than like a few seconds, right? I'm really not um, that type of person who just carry, carries on on a selfie sticks and just like, follow me, I'll show you everything. No way, it's just not me. <laughs> And I'm trying to actually decrease my face on my videos because I think it's so narcissistic. So if I am talking about the place, I will grab someone who knows it. Like now I'm editing, there will be a video from the cheetah place. Why I have to walk around and talk about cheetahs when there is a person who works there and can tell better story, right? So straight away, if I can just shift my camera from my face, I'll, I'll take any opportunity. And because clearly, I, I, I'm purely, I just can't look at my face when I'm editing too. For like, if it's too much of it, I'm just like, oh my God, this is just so bad. Mm -hmm. But I know, I know people need to see me every now and then. I understand that, right? So a little bit narration here and there. So this is pretty much my style. And then lots of writing. And then just, if I can include people, they're in. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that? That really brings about an interesting question slash dilemma, which is a lot of the really like the most popular YouTubers, it's all them. You know, it's yeah, a, a lot of people it's like a, it's that. A, it's a different crowd, I think. I mean, yeah. certain people love that, right? But I think crowd who follows me, um, maybe they're just used to it. They won't see me too much. I mean, now they, these days they see me a lot. Before they hardly ever see me. So I mean, it was just footage, you know, footage from every like everywhere and, and writing, not so much me. So I had like came long way from from not yeah from, to, to start showing my face, but but it's it's just my personality, right? It's, there's no right or wrong. There's place for for everyone on YouTube, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who love look at you know the vloggers' face, and that's great. And there's a lot of them that they like the balance, eh? And I yeah. think that's my crowd. <laughs> and I think the topic also impacts mm. impacts that you know like are you talking about finance? Are you talking about personal electronics? Are you talking about travel? Are you talking about whatever? Probably the topic will impact, right? The type of viewership too as well, you know, but if, but if you're someone that's starting it up, these are massive questions, right? It's just like, well, do I have to be comfortable in front of a camera? Can I just produce this and literally have my face on the camera almost never, right? Or do, or do I have to spam my face on the camera in order to be recognized or brand myself, you know, these are all really, really heavy questions because it's not, you're, you're doing your own promoting too, right? So that's different. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, um, you cannot say this is the right way or wrong way. People have to find their own uh, identity online and they will find their own crowd. There is no right or wrong. I don't know. It's this, you know, I'm doing it this way. People are watching it. I'm happy they are because thanks to that, I can continue my traveling and show them more of the world the way I want to project it for them to them as well, right? But uh, definitely, um, yeah, it's just me, my personality, and I think it's okay. Okay, awesome. Now, you had, you had mentioned, you know, about going on camera. So also stated that you're getting more comfortable with it. Now, I think being on camera is... Inherently uncomfortable for most people. I think some people are naturally comfortable on camera and they just really shine on camera. They would almost rather be on camera. Sure. Right? But <laughs> but but are there a couple of tricks that you've picked up over the past few years about developing what I always call the on-camera persona? 
I'll tell you when I started to talk on the camera. Well, it really helped me. I remember, okay, before I left for my round the world trip, I had a podcast with ADV Ryder, guys from Canada. I was shitting my pants, excuse my language. I could, I was like this because I had to do a podcast over the phone and, and that wasn't even live. You know what I mean? I was so stressed out. Interviews, oh my God, public speaking, oh my God, forget about it. I had glossophobia. I don't know if you know what glossophobia is. Glossophobia is the phobia from public speaking. I, I, had, I had a job where I had to do presentations. Like it, I came such a long way, okay? Because of the job, I, like I improved it a little bit. But even like being in the front of the camera, giving interviews, it was awful, awful stress for me. And what really, so that's why my videos, my first videos, not so much talking because I would like literally get to the, and I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to say. Um, uh, mm. But you sit down with me and we drink a beer. I can tell you stories and my hands will be in the air and I could just, you know, I wouldn't shut up. But the moment they came, nothing, nothing. So what really helped me, what I've noticed, like my transition, <laughs> what helped me in my transition was Insta stories because recording a little video that it's only there for 24 hours i wasn't as stressed about it that it's there and will be there on youtube forever it's just this innocent little video that i was so relaxed about it and that's how actually i started talking on my youtube videos i would record everything in landscape mode and i would do a story on on instagram and then if that that footage is okay that speaking is okay i would include it in the in the video and slowly slowly it's just all about practice, really. And even now, I like, you know, we, we were scheduling this interview for a long time, right? Because, yeah, there was a lot of problems lately in my life, but let's not go with them there uh, during this interview. And, um, yeah, so we, I would be as seriously, I would, normally four years ago, I wouldn't sleep for three nights before, and even live, forget about it. But now look at me four years later, I'm fine. It's just, okay, okay, we, okay, we've got one hour gap. Let's do it now, smash it out. It's like, oh, I forgot to send you a question. Oh, that's okay. We're just going to go with the flow. No problem. So I'm very proud of myself. It was a long way, but it's all about practice. It's like with riding a motorcycle, it's like fighting post-traumatic stress. It's the same thing with, with speaking to the camera. Start, start your videos. This is the only advice I have for people who want to start YouTube and like talk whatever you can don't stress out whatever you can now and within time your your youtube videos will be better better and better and you will find your style you will find your way and you'll find the crowd who's watching you the way what they like and how they engage and i think it's just everyone needs to start with something and the beginnings are always hard we never know we never know how it's going to shift and which way it's going to go like it, things just going to work out sure sure now this is a question you talk about you know crowds and liking you how much how much do you think it's important for a YouTuber uh, to play to SEO or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, be trying to, you know, like solicit the likes, the subscribes, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, contests, uh, you know, comments, all these kinds of things. I mean, do you find that a distraction to your content or, or do you think it's fun because it's, you know, part of the interaction and part of the feedback that you get? I think you have to be engaging. But the start, I think for first, I was not at all. Simply because I had no time. And I thought, and then Facebook, and then I'm like, I have no time. Like, this is just like too much, too much. So I thought, oh, something needs to give up. So YouTube, okay. And back then, YouTube was, I told, I, I told you before, like, I actually learned that YouTube's got algorithm, like this year. <laughs> like wow because before youtube worked on a completely different completely different whatever you were putting there people were watching now 
I found out that I actually have to think about what captions I'm going to put and what what title I'm going to, and I have to be engaged. And so the algorithm is, you know, sort of playing uh, towards you. Otherwise, if you don't put all this hard work, no one will see your video. It's not like your content is shit. YouTube is just not going to display it. And so no one's going to see it unless yeah, yeah. they go into your profile. And who's going to, who's, who's got time for this? It's like, it's all suggested videos, right? So yeah. it has changed because there's so much content. There's so much content there now and so much competition. That's what I'm saying to you. There's no way I will make it this year, at this time, because I still can't work out this algorithm, seriously. Like two years ago, people like by, by, by a week I already had 50,000 views. Now I'm like struggling to get 50,000 views, you know, like sometimes in a month. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, what saves me, I have a lot of videos. I have over hundred videos. So, you know, bit by bit, everything is making money. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, mm, I'm a very bad um, person to ask advice about how to <laughs> how to play with algorithm and uh, how to make it popular because I'm actually still trying to work it out for my own channel because YouTube has changed a lot and I'm like I'm like I don't know how we say people like I feel like I'm a you know like a pensioner on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like I'm a pensioner on YouTube. Look at me I'm sitting here doing keep keep all this old school print world together. You know, yeah, trying yeah, to offer sure. trying to offer all the options. You know, they say if they want it, carry your pigeon, send it by carrier pigeon. But it's mm. but it's not always easy. You know, and then uh, you're right. You know, I mean, it's not just YouTube. You know, Instagram that's algorithms now. Facebook went to algorithms a long time ago. Twitter straight up. Yeah, I think Twitter used to be one to one, but now it's also algorithms. But I know Instagram used to be one to one, but I think maybe when the user base got so big and all those other kinds of stuff, they had to filter it. And of course, that introduced a manner to encourage people to pay to promote and, you know, and all this kinds of stuff, you know, so, uh, you know, everyone can can have their pound of flesh from the content. You know, that's all uh, that's all, I guess, I guess, part of part of trying to sweat and hustle for the business. Right. You know what I mean? So so you don't really have a strategy in terms of like, all right, I'm going to lay out, you know, my shows for the next, you know, two months or something like that. Right. And they're going to be, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, this time it's going to be uh, something that's instructional. This time it's going to be purely, you know, like reporting entertainment. You, you just kind of make whatever happens in your life. I, I just go with the floor and I have no plan. I do have a lot of ideas what would be nice to have on YouTube, but I don't do it because I have no time. <laughs> So I do have ideas, but it's like, oh my God, like someone to work with all this content from the road. And then it's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going to have two months off break in, in Poland. I'm going to do it all. And then just stuff happens and I just never get my head around it. And just, okay, I'm just going to stick to the, the, the videos from the road. Yes, I've got a lot of things that I'm, you know, I should do to get the clicks. And I know people would like to watch it. And like you're saying, instructional, like, you know, I did this two episode, like how, how to prepare I should do COVID and stuff like that, but of course. Yeah, yeah, well, that's okay. So, what's in your gear bag? You know, so what's in your gear bag? Like, what kind of equipment do you do you carry to make this? You know, how much money do you need to a put into to? Yeah, okay, so you need a laptop. Yeah, a laptop, drone, two GoPro, like three GoPros now because one 360, two normal ones, then the normal camera, and then uh, just a lot of um, cosmetics and stuff. Cosmetics and stuff. <laughs> gotta look, and gotta look, gotta look fresh for the for the fans, yo. Gotta look fresh for the fans. No, you have to look after your skin because um, in, 
I'm, oh, I'm yeah, living yeah. in harsh conditions, okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, totally. So, see, what would you say? You, so you got a laptop. What kind of laptop? Is it Apple PC? Mac? No, just just the PC. Yeah. I mean, just right. the Windows one. I don't know. Brand sure, right, right on, right on, right on. So you got that, and you got three GoPros. So you don't carry a DSLR or anything. Uh, yeah, I do have. You know, the um, it's like a Fuji XT2. So I carry that. Hardly ever use it, but I do carry it. Mm. How do you do your Instagram? Do you use your photos or do you use uh, screen captures from the video for your no, Instagram? I don't know how people can get good screen captures from yeah, the videos. Not, I think it's yeah. so crap. So no, yeah, no, yeah, no, I know, I know. But pictures, pictures. So you use your still camera for your Instagram feed stuff? Mostly my Google phone. Oh, your phone too, as well. How much of your stuff? How much of your stuff do you record on on your phone? I mean, like a like, lot, too much. I should, I should be more professional, but um, sometimes it's just so easy because you stop. Oh, yeah, let's go. Right. But, yeah, uh, now I'm planning to buy myself a little bit smaller camera because the, the Fuji is like, oh, my God, carry it on, the, you know, on, a, on a sort of like a little tripod. It's just too heavy. So that's why I'm not using it. The camera is too heavy. I need something smaller that I can just like put it in my bag and just take it out and just do it. So I'm planning to buy another camera. Okay. Okay. Something that's cool. <laughs> So then you get all your footage together. You're cranking this out on your on your laptop, right? No. So I, I work with editors. So I've got uh, ah, okay, I, good. Actually, I've got two editors now. Well, Joanna is now unavailable. My my editor that we worked together for four years. So now her boyfriend is helping me out, which is great because we sort of on the same page. Uh, he knows my sort of. You know, we all know each other. That's so good. they they from uh, Romania, and I found Joanna on Upwork just randomly. First person who just you know contacted me. And we, we've been working together since. So the way it works, this is another logistics, right? So that's why my content is delayed. So I would have, let's say, one terabyte of footage, probably not. For, okay, let's say one terabyte of footage, right? And I would upload it to the cloud, send it to Joanna if I have reception. Sometimes just I have to send it in the SIM cards because there's no, the internet is so expensive, I can't upload it anywhere. And then she would go and cut down, okay, she would send me one hour. She would go through all the cameras, and that's the hardest. That's the most consuming job is go through all that footage and select some best ones, right? And then she would send me one hour. And um, this is where I'm coming in. I'm going like seeing this one hour and I divide it in episodes and I said, this needs to be shifted here. I'm pretty much directing it, right? So it, the, the captions, the, the music, fade in, fade out, move it there, delete it, speed it up, slow down. I mean, I mean I'm still very heavily involved in every, every episode because if I just give it this, the footage, there's, there's no story, whatever. Like, you know, especially I'm not talking that much. So mm. I express myself with footages, which this is my memory. So I want it to be in order. So pretty much I'm spending two full days from my side. I'm not even talking about Joanna's side to create one video. So two full days from my side. So it's still a lot of work. Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's yeah. a whole ton of work. I think a lot of people don't understand. Like if they haven't produced a video, they don't understand no. even just choosing when to cut a like to cut a clip and transition yeah. into something else, and then audio. I mean, it's a, a it's yeah. a fairly complex project. Even for something that's sixty seconds, can be very long. Exactly. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think if, if someone hasn't tried. Upload videos every three days because it takes me two days to actually reply all the comments. Being it's a full day of publishing a video, so that's three days. So if I like and write and gather content, if 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 I'm gonna post stuff every three days, there's no way having you know I need 
send it back. I have to have a good reception. Then we have to sit down and do, do, do the rest. I mean, it's a lot of work, a lot. But if I didn't have editor, I would never, ever publish stuff on YouTube. I would never find the time. Because for me to, 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 to go through all this content, it would be like two weeks to produce one video. And now it's two days. So it's a big, um, yeah, it's much more efficient. Yeah, it is Otherwise a, I wouldn't it, do it. No way. No way. Yeah, it, is a, it is a huge, huge project, especially doing it on a regular basis. You know, uh, again, it used to be people waited for video content because they understood. Yeah. And, then when they, and then when you presented it, it was generally higher quality. But now, you know, video content comes out like Coke bottles out of a, out of a machine, you know, people are just mm -hmm. constantly, oh, here's more. And it's all free, right? Yeah. So everybody, I mean, people are just consuming this, like eating popcorn, but at the same time on the backside of it, you know, it's not as easy as popping popcorn to make a video, <laughs> to make a video, you know? And we yeah. make it look so easy, right? It's like, I'm just driving around the, around the world on a motorcycle, how hard it can be just to like do a video and publish a picture and then you know it's like it's just so easy we make it look so easy yeah no yeah, it's so, not there's a lot of logistics behind yeah there's there's make a ton of work easy. to it yeah. yeah so as far as like surviving on this right i mean um you know like without having to give away too much information mm -hmm. what kind of budget have you found that you could survive with you know on on the road at least you know traveling the way that you've been traveling thus far right and uh and you know what does someone need to target in their in their social media income as far as probably YouTube because no one else pays you for content. I mean, Instagram doesn't pay you for content. Twitter, Facebook doesn't pay you for content. It's quite the opposite. You have to pay them to promote your content, right? But on no, but, but on YouTube, actually, well, the people are making money on 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 Instagram. I've never done any cent on Instagram, but there are paid posts, and a lot of people are doing it. Um, although it's not so popular in our English. I think uh, it's more maybe like influence in fashion and that sort of stuff. Like they get mm -hmm. paid for paid posts. So people make money on, on Instagram, although it's not so much. Popular. No, but I'm saying Instagram themselves wouldn't pay you. Like if you had a paid no, post. No, 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 just the brands. The brands will pay Yeah, the brands will pay you. But I'm saying like on YouTube, YouTube pays you for viewership because of advertising placement. Mm -hmm. Right. But on but on Instagram, you don't, you don't have any yeah. of that. Facebook, Twitter, uh, I don't even think TikTok. Uh, although I'm not very familiar with TikTok, but I don't even think you have that there either, right? On those platforms, well, you, you you pay them. I started TikTok, but I oh, and what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts I'm, on it? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying it. I'm trying it, but just like I keep forgetting that I need to do this stuff because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I'm seriously I'm pensionary. It comes to social media, like whatever I started before. I mean, but now stuff. And I, th I think like if some, you know, sometimes I turn on TikTok, it's like if I, I'm in a bad mood and I turn it on and like, it's like, oh my God, people are doing such crazy stuff. And like, it just makes me laugh. So I think, and you know, new audiences are like, you know, it's more for younger sort of people. You know, Facebook is our generation. It's dying. Like it will die with us, right? <laughs> but if you want to reach, if you want to reach new, new generation, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with TikTok. I just like, I just don't know. I still haven't cracked it. I don't know how to... Yeah, I'm to just stop there. I'm still in it. <laughs> well, they've got us jumping through a lot of hoops, that's for sure. Yeah. So, at what level, at least as far as YouTube is concerned, right? How much have you found you need to survive on a monthly basis, yeah. right? And then, you know, what kind of viewership, you know, do you do you target like numbers per video, like viewers per video, in order to get the money you need to survive? Ooh, I'm, I'm not sure how this is like a big calculation. I can tell you how much money I spend a year. And that's, okay. yeah. 
So I'm spending $25,000 a year on my travels. And that's everything, like food, accommodation, cameras, because I keep breaking them, like whatever, visas, everything, right? All my costs. I'm very lucky because, you know, I'm, I'm a sponsored rider, so I get the gear for free. I get tires for free. But I pay for my own services. I always did. And, you know, in, in like food accommodation and, you know, fuel. Like, of course, I'm paying for my own pocket. Only, I only get the gear for free. So, um, yeah, so this is pretty my, my pretty much my budget. And I also started not to have just one income and, you know, to be a little bit, I don't know. And plus, um, I just really wanted to have T-shirts that I want to wear. So I started T-shirt shop. So this is my other income. So this plus this combined, yeah, definitely I can, I can, I can. It's enough for me to travel without the stress. And what, okay, okay, I want to, how to make money on YouTube. I've got a good tip. <laughs> you really want to target United States. They pay the best for the ads. So first of all, speak English. I know now we've got a lot, most of your crowd is from, from the States. So it's like obvious, but uh, maybe someone from Europe or from some, you know, some other, you know, not that English is not his native language for me as well. Polish is my native language, right? And, uh, English is my second language, but um, definitely speak English. So you get exposure in the States, you get exposure pretty much everywhere else around the world, right? If I was speaking Polish, I would make in, with the same views, no money in Poland. Mm. Because for the, let's say for the same amount of, let's say just to make the numbers, it's not like that, but I'm just going to make the numbers. So it's like everyone on the same page, right? It's like we've got thousand views on YouTube. If that thousand views are watched in the States, I'll make $10. If the same amount of thousand views are watched in Poland or India or, you know, just economies that are not paying that, that much on for the ads on YouTube, I will make 10 cents for the same thousand views. Whoa. It's massive difference. 10 times. Wow. I know. That's why it's so important to speak English and target US. <laughs> and because, yeah. and then again, uh, people from Scandinavia will watch it. That's really good economy that pays well, like Norway or Sweden. Switzerland, right? But if you speak English, um, everyone around the world, Australia, Canada, they pay really well. UK, mm. the rest of the world, not so much. Mm. Mm. Well, that's good <laughs> stuff. That's good stuff. All right. So what is next for Kinga? I mean, where are you going, you know, and what stuff do we have to look forward to? I know you mentioned that you were going to be trying to come to the States, but more immediately in the future, what 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 are your future destinations? And uh, do you have any cool projects that, that that we can look forward to? Or maybe the title of a next video or something fun like that well on my youtube for the next few weeks will be all my content from namibia which i'm telling you it's like epic epic mate epic it's just one of my favorite countries by far i've ever seen so beautiful so there will be a lot of writing <laughs> i think my, my followers will be very happy <laughs> my, my youtube crowd because there will be lots of lots of dead roads and lots of dust and lots of deserts is going to be epic um, hopefully I haven't gone through all the content yet, but, uh, because I was quite sick, so I didn't talk much, but that's okay. It will be lots of writing. Um, and of course I'm coming back to, uh, to, to, uh, in September, that's the plan for today. I'm coming back to Namibia to finish it all uh, because I only spent the five weeks and I was just like half of the country, just not enough. And that's the rushing, rushing so much, you know, like I, the moment I left paved road for 1,600 kilometers, I didn't see asphalt. How epic is that? I mean. You can only get that in Australia. That's it. Nowhere else. Wow. I know. And um, so then I come back to, 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 to Namibia to finish it all. And then Botswana, Zimbabwe, back to South Africa and ship it out. So I'm hoping to ship out at the start of the year to North 
well, the states I still haven't. I don't know yet. That's okay. There's, yeah, there's still a little bit of. The wait for still, me coming. Ab- absolutely, we will keep the uh, lights on, and uh, <laughs> you know you'll just have to have to kind of uh, feel it out. I think as you get closer to the date, I think planning anything right now would be extremely difficult, yeah. if if not impossible. Uh, it's just not pointless. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, things will change probably hundred times. Yeah, that's really okay. And the yeah. last question. But yeah, I'm it, ready. I'm really ready to to move on. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. awesome. Well, the last question is, uh, and this is one we ask everybody, do you have any inspirational words for future adventure writers out there? Yes, do it while you can. One life, one chance. Do it now, now. And don't don't listen to people who haven't done similar things because they're going to put you down to tell you that it's dangerous, whatever. Don't listen to them. Only listen to people who've done it and I've done it. Don't be scared. It's fine. It's only the first week that it's weird when you're solo, whatever. <laughs> but then you just get used to it and life is great. So don't wait. Do it now. Don't awesome. Waste, don't waste your life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on and sharing a lot of your really valuable experience. Thank you uh, so much for having me. That was awesome. No, no, of course. Thank you, you know, thank be- you for thank you for being so considerate and not you know not pushing me for making it live. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. That's okay. You know, everybody is in a different situation. You know, and uh, if you deal with the world of adventure seekers mm. and lovers, you kind of come to realize that you know. All of us are on different pages sometimes, but what brings sure. us together is the fact that we love New Horizons and we love, uh, you know, sharing them with people and showing people that it can be done. And you don't have to be special, have a lot of money, have a lot, or be in this life situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. You just have to make up your mind and make it happen. And that's sure. that's the that's, that's the beauty it. of it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Awesome. Well, please stick around for a few minutes uh, while we wrap up the show uh, for a debriefing. But again, it was very cool, and I'll talk to you in a second. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, all right. That's been super awesome. Thanks again to uh, Kinga for coming on on the show. Uh, Despite a lot of things that have been going on, uh, it's been very difficult, but I'm glad that we've made it. And, you know, it sounds like it's been an amazing four years and many lessons learned and still many lessons to learn. And that's how you know you're living a successful life. But for more, please be sure to visit onherbike.com or check out her social accounts at on her bike. Uh, I think the main one is Instagram, but also I believe things are posted on Facebook as well. We will of course put links in the show description, but now on to our next show. All right, everyone, please join us next month for another great ADV Moto Live, this time number 28 on, I believe, September 9th, that should be a Thursday, with Ryder and Joe Stalmec. We met Joe at a recent ADV Moto meetup and discovered Joe is not only a fantastic writer, but his son, who's also named Ryder, is a rocking the peewee flat track world. We're super pumped to talk with them both about what makes riding and racing fun for kids and what parents need to know when saddling up so early. As always, your support is super appreciated and keeps the motorcycle world running. Visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more stories, news, reviews, podcasts, and more. Don't forget to mash and like the subscribe buttons and let us know if you would like to see any particular topics or guests on the show in the comments below. Until next time, everybody, everyone here at ADV Moto, ride safe, have fun, and the adventure is you. Wow. Yeah.